For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Hey, y'all. Hello, everybody. We're excited to be here. We are. We just did the math on it. Uh, this should be our last ever Monday podcast recorded at my house. Crazy. Who knew it would ever end here, you know? I knew. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't think it was going to go on this long. Yeah. But here we have been here for... I've been doing it here a year now. I'm trying to think how many episodes you and I have recorded in your house. I bet we're pushing 30. It's been a lot. Well, yeah. I guess it would only be halves. Um, 25. I mean, almost 30. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're right. We're getting there. We're, we're getting up there. Dang on, man. Yeah. So the studio will be done. Uh, we get sound paneling installed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then that's the last thing we we have in there. I've been just like sneaking over to the office every couple of days to just be like, I can get this out of my house now, install it. In oh, studio. I just brought a bunch of stuff. I've been like, my house has been the company storage, yeah, storage uh, solution for three years now. So I was taking all <laughs> a bunch of stuff over to the office today, and then I have in my house. I don't have a ton of storage, so I have it's like, like a chainsaw. Uh, a generator, and I'm gonna take all that to the office too. Yeah, put it somewhere because I can take what I want to the office. You can. Um, I'll say this: this is an extremely first world problem. That on Tuesday, or I guess last Tuesday, I was unable to let the cleaning ladies into my office because I had too much stuff in there to take to the office. Wow. I well, in fairness, I think Dirt Talk is a first world podcast. I think most podcasts are first world yeah, podcasts. Probably every podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> if you if you think about it. Uh I'm a huge proponent of if you're able to having a cleaning lady. That was like our number one cleaning people. Yeah. Not a cleaning lady. Just a clean crew. Just yeah. somebody to clean your house. It is money very, very well spent, in my opinion. My wife and I had said once we start having kids, that's our first like thing we're going to pay for like that. And well, it's been yeah. worth every penny ever since. I'm I'm at my house on average probably every other day. I really averaged it out. Yeah. Maybe 50% Just when you're traveling. And the place still gets dirty somehow. I cannot imagine when you have some little gremlins running around everywhere. It just crumbs everywhere. <laughs> Unbelievable amount of crumbs. 
Um, <laughs> oh, God, definitely been me. even more worth it with kids. And honestly, like for our relationship too, you know, it's, yeah. if you're living with somebody else, you're never going to clean things the same way or in the same order or whatever. And it was just like, this is probably better for our relationship. If we just pay somebody else to do it. And it's very easy to make it work financially if you break it down to a monthly or a, yeah. an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Because odds are your hourly rate is greater than an hourly rate that it would take to clean your house. Because they do it faster than you could. Yeah. I mean, it's just more efficient. It's generally like 90 minutes and it's... They do it way better than you could. Three, maybe four um, women that work for a larger... Like it's it's just a tiny little company in Nashville. Yeah. But she just... This woman puts together some teams and they just send them out to address this. And it's been awesome. Growing up, we had Selena. She was with us for probably 20 years. Still cleans my dad's house. Nice. Ours yeah. is Sandra. Sandra. She's awesome. Yeah. It, it, they just kind of become part of the family <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I wasn't expecting us to talk about... Like getting, I said, kind of first world problems, but... <sighs> yeah. We stumble into all kinds of topics around here. Sure, it is dirt talk. We try to keep it as dirty as we can, but... I mean... My house would be especially dirt talk if I didn't have that cleaning oh, crew. There you go. There okay, you go. Okay. Well, then there we're is. good. I was a little nervous there for a moment, we're back but around. you're completely, completely right. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but my, uh, my when my my dad asked me to move out of his house, so I moved in with my dad when I started the company, yeah. and then he said, "Never mind, leave." And then he said, "Never mind, leave." <laughs> eight or nine months down the road, sure. And it was the the. The straw that broke the camel's back was me tracking mud into the house with my boots. Yep. He was he was not not pleased. Sure. Not pleased. Like you're a you're a college educated young man. Do not track mud into my house. Please move out. Yeah. And now that I have a clean house, that would piss me off too, in fairness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've seen a lot of people take their boots off before they come into your house here. Yeah, because there's I mean, you're in Nashville. Uh, so if you go out to a job site, odds are it's going to be wet. <laughs> it's going to be wet. Your boots are going to be muddy. Yeah. Um, but fortunately we do have a boot brush at the office. I love it. So funny. I used it the other day. I was like, I don't really need it, but I could get a, just a quick polish. It's, <laughs> it's just, they're just fun to use, you know, and that's only there until we get an escalator. And then the escalator is going to be what really shines those bad boys. Correct. That'll be, that'll be office Two version two. I don't know if that's going to be the budget for for the first one. <laughs> that's fair. You know, you can't put anything at the top of it. You just swing back around and come back down. Uh, but if you're, I guess, I guess trying to figure this out too. If you're listening to this, our office is open. Yeah, come on over. Come on over. Um, eight to five, nine to five, Monday through Friday. Hopefully, someone will be there to let you in. Yeah, I mean, I think the, still the the best move for now is. Email dirttalk at buildwit.com. Yeah, if you're in Nashville, but please come by. We want to have people stop by. We're going to have a BuildWit storefront there. You can grab a hat, some stickers, some BuildWit gear. You can, yeah, whatever. You can kick it. Feel free to just work out of our office if you want to or have a beer. It's, it's your office too. Yep. Awesome. So cool. Uh, 1400 Adams Street, Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. We rent those desks by the hour, but... Uh... Second floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Just you, yeah. You will, you will receive an invoice in the mail, <laughs> but we won't disclose that to you prior. Yeah, because this is dirt talk podcast. We don't talk about money. 
Yeah, and 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 dirt talk. We do. You know, some could some could argue being dirty. You're being shady, shady business practices. Yeah. So yep, yep, yep. Being incredibly. Um, there's a fancier word for this. I was going to say untransparent. There's a there's a much better word than untransparent. Opaque. When it comes to fees, <laughs> if, if we 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 we're just going to act like an airline yeah, when yeah. it comes to fees. Yeah, or like a uh, food delivery service. Food delivery <laughs> service, credit card company. Uh huh. Sure. Um, maybe like a short term house rental website. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Just this place is only ninety nine bucks a night. I only got it for two nights. Why is it a thousand dollars? Totally. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, service fee, sales tax, COVID fee. Cleaning fee. Cleaning fee, which is different than COVID <laughs> fee. Yeah. It stacks up. Oh, boy. All right. Um, Anywho, welcome to the Dirt Talk podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you. I. Where am I headed? I'm headed out to see some pretty cool stuff this uh-huh. coming week, Yeah, which I'm excited about. I am going to see a a jetty job I've been looking forward to for a very long time. How is that spelled? Jetty? J-E-T-T-Y. Got it. So I the not fu- Jedi as I'm not, picturing it. Not in my mind. Jedi. It's like, no. That sounds cool too. The when I worked for Kiwit, Peter Kiwit, Uncle Pete, I worked for them in summer of 2016 up in a place called Mount Vernon, Washington which is about an hour, hour, 15 minutes north of Seattle with, with no traffic, mm-hmm. south of Bellingham, not quite to Canada. Okay, okay, And okay. a very, very like foothills, uh, the foot of the Cascade Mountains. You can see Mount Baker right there. Ooh. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And we were making jetty stone, six to 30 ton rocks for Jetty A at the mouth of the Columbia River. Wow. Which was Ilwaco, Ilwaco. I don't know how you say it, but it was on the the north side of the Columbia River, the Washington side of the Columbia River at the at the mouth of it where it meets the Pacific Ocean. Wow. The jetty I'll be on is on the south side, but right across the river that I'm okay. going to yeah. next week. And this other, so Kiwit did that, that part of the jetty now it's um, J.E. McCamus. McCamus, McCamus, I don't know how you say it. They're doing this portion now, and it's a lot of jetty stone oh, wow. they are laying out there. And the cool, the, I guess the reason for the jetty is they build these jetties at the mouth of the Columbia River to prevent storm surges from the Pacific Ocean from advancing up the river and messing things up up the river because water can travel, storm surges can travel up instead of just down the river, mm-hmm. which is a fun fact. Fun fact. So it's the Army Corps doing this. So it's it's just funny full circle moment where I helped do work on the jetty across the river. Now I'm seeing this one. It'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Very cool. How long were you up in Washington when you were working on it then? It was only four months. It was over the summer. Yeah, moved up to the summer. It was still to this day one of the coolest jobs coolest things I've ever done. We were blasting every day. The blasting was some of the most unique blasting I've still ever seen before. Usually you're just blasting to make big rocks into small rocks. We were blasting to try to get 30 ton stones out of the ground that were, weren't fractured. So it was a science project. You'd grab them with a PC 2000. 
you'd throw them off the the hill with a 990. Uh, 988 would pick them up with forks and the back, the ass end of the 88 <laughs> would be off the ground as it'd be dragging a 30 ton rock across the ground yep. on, on two wheels, which is wow. a treat to see and makes the pins on that loader super happy. <laughs> and then we would put them onto low boys, throw chains over them and drive them 30 miles to a barge, a big Lee bear duty cycle crane would pick them off the dock, put them onto the barge. The barge would go 1200 miles south to the Columbia river. Just like that. It was a hell of an operation. Yeah. When you're going to go do work like that, are you just like living in a hotel for those four months? Everybody, or? everybody I worked with lived out of a, a fifth wheel, a camper. Okay. Which is pretty standard for those guys. If you work for a big they contract. they own those themselves? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll get per diem. And so you'll be getting, you'll be making more money than it really costs you to live, which is the advantage of having a fifth wheel. Sure. Um, You also have your own space wherever you go. Yeah, that's nice. Most of those guys, if you work for a big contractor like that, you are a nomad. It's the way of life. Mm -hmm. Kiwit very rarely, a company like Kiwit very rarely maintains a presence in a specific area. They mob in, they mob out. That's how they do business. Okay. Uh, and that's how all the big contractors do business. So most of those guys are, there's just nomads. Uh, I was only there for a short amount of time. So I rented a bedroom from an old lady for the whole summer in Mount Vernon. Sounds about right. Which was not ideal. You wouldn't do that again? I absolutely would not do that again. Okay. Too many cats. Um, it's funny you say that about a keywit. I feel like that's a big thing I've heard is that you know they're just moving people around so much. Um, when we had uh, Dave Cutler on the podcast a couple months ago, or a month ago, something like that, um, he mentioned that he got an offer. Maybe maybe put it in an email. It doesn't matter. He mentioned that he got an offer to work at keywit, but didn't know where he was going until he like committed to it. Well, that's how this was. So you get a job with the district and I got a job with the Northwest district. Uh And I I think I've explained this in the past. I was living in the Southwest district, but I wanted to get the hell out of Arizona because I'd done three years of working in three summers in the desert, which sucks. So I got smart, applied to the Northwest district, but the Northwest district, my options were Alaska, Hawaii, Minnesota, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, or Vegas. And when you say options, those weren't your options. No, yeah. no, they they, they make had you, the option to send you to correct. one of those places. And they, they make you feel good about it by saying, what's your top three? I think you get to select what your top no. three is. And uh, it's probably just to make you feel good. I doubt it's yeah. at all considered. And uh, yeah, you, you know, I think I got a call and I was supposed to be going out there in May. You get a call in April. Here's where you're going. You're going to Washington State. You're just like, okay, check. <laughs> See you there, I guess. Yeah, it, 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 for where I was at in my life, it, like I said, best company I'd worked for, best job ever. But that doing that, especially with a family, would be really hard. That's just how their business works too. They they go chase these billion dollar transportation jobs. DOTs only let one of those 
every once in a while, like the 440 here in, in Tennessee, yeah. they come in, blow and go through the 440. And there's there's not a, hundreds of millions of work here yeah. to go do after that. So you go to the next 440 job, yeah. wherever that is. I've seen a couple of Kiwit trucks here in the last couple of months. They're around here and um, they do sometimes maintain a local presence depending on the market, mm-hmm. but it's, they, they, they like the really big jobs. Sure. Can't miss those uh, black hoods on the Kiwit. Yellow truck, black hood. Yellow truck, black hood. You looking at something? No, Sorry. but this isn't this isn't the keyword podcast. It's a build wit podcast. Yeah, close. Um, so I was thinking about one of our partners this week. Sure. Um, it's actually a they're building a new office in town. Well, in their town, I guess it's not in Nashville. Yes. Um, can you talk about Rosso a little bit? Yeah, Rosso, one of our oldest partners. Right now, they're the oldest consistent partner. Mm-hmm. So I worked for, there were, there were four companies I, I initially had ongoing work with. Turner Mining Group, LB3, Granite Rock, and Rosso. And Rosso is the only one that remains mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. I did a little bit with Contour. We still work with Contour yeah. Heath. I did a little bit with Mushlets. We do work with Mushlets. I did a little bit with Bellwether. We dabble with Bellwether. But Rosso has been the longest consistent partner there. I distinctly remember Dylan. He reached out to me on, I think, LinkedIn just a few months after I started the company. I think it was, I started the company February. He reached out in April, May. And you were doing all all the work still at this point? It was just me. Yeah, just you. Just me. So he reached out because he liked my photos on the internet and said, I want to get some photos. He's a younger guy in his 30s. They were they were on their way. They weren't huge. Uh, a big problem for them was brand recognition since they were young and they were trying to take on more work. The problem, you're trying to break into new markets and if no one's heard about you, it's harder to break into those new markets. So he mm-hmm. wanted... And he had the foresight to say, hey, I need to put myself out there. I need to find a guy to do that. He found me on the internet and said, hey, can you come out and take some pictures? So I came out to take some pictures. He asked for a website, which was possibly the first website I ever did. I think it was the first website I did. And, and I said, yep, yeah, sure. I'll do, I'll do a website mm-hmm. for a comically just a comical sum of money nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, by that, I don't mean that as a good thing. Yeah. As in, sure. That's probably what a website costs. Not, not very much money. Yeah. And, and Dan helped me put that thing together. And then after that, we just started to do ongoing work with them since, and they've grown substantially. Yeah. Substantially since we've started working with them. I'd like to think we have, played a very small role in that and expanding their image. Um, and they've played a big role in our expanding what we do. And they've played an enormous yeah. role in expanding what we do. Uh, I think it was later that year or or the next year I got into some financial, I hit a financial snag. Yeah, Dylan was the one to save my ass. 
which you know, I'll be forever grateful because he didn't have to do that. And I didn't ask him to do that. I really just genuinely went to him for advice and, and he offered up some, some assistance, which was super cool. Uh, and why we named one of our rooms at our office, the Rosso room, because mm-hmm. it's a little nod to say nod to them yeah. as, Hey, you were there for us when, when we really needed help. We have had a unique relationship with them too, because we've, tried out a lot of things there've been a petri dish for us yeah. hey what do you think about recruiting or they're hey, really receptive to ideas that are not fully formed they're here all, yet. they're always down mm-hmm. and they've put up with a lot of our nonsense um we we've we've done our best I, I like to think we've done some really nice work for them they're a fantastic company every time someone asks for great companies to work for they're top of mind yeah because they're a great they're a great business to work for now, but they're going places. They're going places. Yeah. Dylan is extraordinarily hungry. He has very very big ambitions and goals, and and so even though that they've grown substantially in the past three years that we've worked with them, they're not even remotely close to where they want to be. Yeah. So if you go to work for them now. You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Yeah. The world is your oyster. Because I, I love see seeing their trucks around. Yeah. So it's like, hey, it's really exciting. Guys. Yeah, they're they're they they have a much larger presence in town now. Um, so yeah, I great contractor. They have a spotless fleet. You mm-hmm. go out to go out to their job site. It looks like brand new rental rental equipment, but it's all their equipment. There's no scratches on counterweights. The floors and equipment are very clean. No one's smoking in equipment. Everything is. Very well maintained. They have service agreements with Thompson. So Thompson maintains their equipment for them, which is, I think, very unique and yeah. very cool. They have a lot of technology. They have GPS on everything they can have GPS on. They all their foremen use HCSS to do their safety forms and time cards and everything like that in the field. They have a ton of software in the office from heavy bid to ag tech. It's all standard at their yeah. office. Like you said, they're building. I think their office might be 3,000 square feet right now, if that. They're building an office four or five times the size yeah. on a beautiful piece of property down outside of Murfreesboro right now. Mm-hmm. That's also my testing ground for the skid steer. Yep. So they're going places. Um, not to bust some of our uh, build with team members, but... Um, we had a couple people roll out to go see their new office space that they're working on, not realizing that they were building an office. Yeah. So they went out there just like no PPE, just like, oh yeah, we'll just like go in and say, Hey, real quick. And then realize like, oh, this is a major construction project. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think that like, and it says a lot, like you said about where Rosso is going and where they see themselves going is, you know, they're not, not content with, you know, they're, their current office, which, you know, obviously now probably doesn't serve them as well as it maybe did a year ago or a year and a half ago. It's, it's hilarious yeah. going to their office right now. Cause it is so ill-equipped for where they're really? at. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it's just bursting at the seams yeah. and this new office way bigger. They're, they're, they're already preparing the property for a future shop. They're already preparing cool. and they designed the office for another addition expansion onto it. They, um, are building a gym inside of the office. Love a it. really cool gym. 
that I will definitely have a membership at. Of course. <laughs> I'll make myself a membership card. Like, oh, who's that guy? He didn't work here. It's fine. He doesn't he, work he's here. He's just the intern. Yeah. No, I'll just wear a Rosso shirt. Yeah, that's but that's probably enough. We, we make them, so yeah. I, can, I can get my hands on one. <laughs> or I just put a Rosso sticker yeah. on something, my water bottle. Uh, so yeah, I, I just we've worked with them for a very long time, and I'm very excited to see where they go. And I'm Love very it. grateful to play a small role in where they're headed. I think what's really cool about a company like Rosso is that it feels like they've been a really great company in all of the stages of like their growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they were, they were awesome when they were, you just started doing pictures for them, photos mm-hmm. for them. And then, you know, however many years later, like they're just as great and have grown, you know, like exponentially since then. And still like the kind of the, the heart, the vibe of that company is as solid as it ever was. Totally. And they don't, they really try to care for people. Yeah. They don't work a lot of weekends. They try to get people home. Oh yeah, that's the other big thing families. is they they don't do six days a week, right? For the most part. No, and it, yeah, six days a week is not uncommon around here, mm-hmm. but they do everything they can to- Make it five days. To prevent that. And I know through through COVID when some of their jobs got shut down, they they kept people busy mm-hmm. because that's just a, a philosophy of theirs. Uh, take care of their people. Um, have they always been perfect? No, I don't- it, no business has ever been perfect, but mm-hmm. I know that they're doing everything they can to be as good as they can be. And they do a pretty good, damn good job at that. Love it. So if you're looking for a job in middle Tennessee, and I know a lot of people have, have moved to work for them too. Yeah. They're that good of a contractor, which is just mind boggling to me. It's so cool. Uh, check them out. Rosso.com. Yep. Love it. Because they're hiring pretty much every position right now. Um, well, thanks for talking about them a little bit. I was thinking about them earlier this week. Um, I just always like to get like your vibe on kind of what our partners are working on right now. And, you know, it's always also fun just to hear you brag on them a little bit. It's, it's fun. It's easy. It's easy to brag on them. Yeah. It's not manufactured for anything like that. I, I just such big fans of the companies we work with Mm -hmm. and, I almost forget that we work with them. I just, it's. Just, I just feel very grateful to be around the quality of company we are yeah. around, because we work with some good, good folks for sure. And that's something everybody when they come to work here typically says is, "Wow, these people are so wholesome." Like I know they are. I mean, with every one of our partners, when you know when you bring up any of our partners on a call or whatever. Yeah. And they say, Hey, I was talking to so-and-so at this company. Almost always the response is, Oh, that person's awesome. I love that guy. Totally. I love that gal. Totally. Like, that is how our relationships are with these people. And I, I love that. It, it's like exciting for us when we get to go like see them in person. Yeah. It's like, I've been talking to you on the phone for so long. Thank you for shaking my hand. You know, this, I, I think um, it's, it's been great that we do have a couple partners in Nashville, but also, we can go see them out in the field doing their thing. Totally. I just visited them the other day. Shout out to Dylan and Sean for putting up with their bullshit for three years now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for letting me scoop some of your dirt with my skid steer over the past month or so. Aaron needs somewhere to dig dirt, everybody. I do. And Dylan was very gracious to offer up his dirt pile. <laughs> He's got a dirt pile. He's got to get scooped. 
Uh, all right. Well, I got a couple questions for you, man. All right. First one's from Joseph. Came across your podcast because I've been looking for help with getting footage of construction sites. Your YouTube page has done well, and I really enjoyed your podcast episode on learning in the construction industry. How do you gain access to these sites? Is there a certain script you use? I use my genuine curiosity. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sounds crazy, but that's how I've always done it. I've uh, ever since I was in high school and college, I if I saw a cool construction project, I would either call the the number on the sign out front, you know, the dust control sign, call yeah. so and so for dust complaints. It's like probably the superintendent's number on there, poor bastard. You call him Sorry, up and say, man. hey, I'm kid. I've been looking at what you guys are doing from afar and I'd love to come see it if I could. Nine times out of 10, if you're genuine about it, they're not going to say no. Or I'd, I've just walked into job trailers before, introduced myself. Said, like, hey, I don't need a job, but can I just look at stuff? <laughs> yeah. Could, would you mind driving me around so I could see what the heck you guys are doing? Because this seems super neat. Uh, that's what I've always done. I've just been genuinely curious like this jetty job i'm going out to mm -hmm. I, i'm excited to go see it you just want to see it just to see i i am flying out to portland driving out to the coast for one day to see this jetty job yeah for no reason we don't have business with them uh, maybe no. we work with them down the road but uh, there's there's no motive there other than i they have a really cool machine doing really cool work and i want to see it yeah for the love of the game, man, you're just out there seeing stuff. How does, how do, okay, this is something I definitely thought about before. How do you get these sites like on your radar in the first place? Just people the, are like, hey, internet. you should come see this or. It's become a, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. Now people say, you should go see this. Or you should go see that. And they point out cool stuff happening. And you're like, oh, I could see that. Uh yeah. I've been there before or, or like, whoa, I'm going to this. Just driving around town, you're noticing, all right, wait, wait a minute. Is that 374 over there? Yeah. Whose job site's that? What <laughs> what the heck's that going on? Yeah. Or you'll see something on the news and all the, the, the viaduct is coming down. The SR99 viaduct is coming down downtown Seattle. I'm like, whoa, I want to go see that. Yeah. And you get on Google, who's doing it? Okay, Kiwit. Uh, okay, and... Uh, Kiwit is there? Are they self-reforming it? Oh, no, no, no. It's Firma doing the, the actual demolition work. Oh, shoot. I know. I know Val at Firma. Call up Val. Hey, man, could I go see the SR99 viaduct demolition whenever I'm in Seattle this day? Yeah, sure. Here's the number. Call up the guy. There you there go. You go. <laughs> I feel like that sort of thing, you could almost do it backwards. Like, hey, I'm going to be uh, in you know such and such city. Are you going to be doing, you know, are you doing the demolitions this day? Like, oh no, we're actually doing it, you know, two weeks from then. And then you just buy tickets for that day instead. At, You're just like, I'm just trying yeah. to figure out when it is. I'm then I'll be there. No, I, I I just always approach it from a genuine sense of curiosity. Yeah. And how can I help them out? I that's how I started. Genuine sense of curiosity. I would take photos. How could I leverage these photos to get them more exposure to solve their problems? Yep. And then I created a business from it. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what a lot of it boils down to is like you were saying authentic, genuine interest. Yeah. You know, like it, 
Have you? Because you've certainly got plenty of pushback on like, hey, we actually don't want you taking pictures. All the site. all the time. Yeah, I just had it happen Friday. We were going out to the solar site, and then we get a call. Sorry, can't can't come out here while we were on our way out to the solar site, and you're just shaking your head. Really, really, it's what is top secret about it, guys? It's it's pushing dirt around, whacking trees over. I always thought that attitude is so strange. I mean, if something is proprietary, I get sure. it. But yeah, or like the inside of mills, or you get into some sensitive areas. I understand, or shipyards. I, sure, there's some applications, um, but our industry is hurting right now because of that. People don't lack. know. Yeah, because people don't know, and that's what that's what I think bothers me whenever I'm just told no without a good reason for it. Because I'm looking at the big picture. I'm like, hey, we, we need to be telling these stories and you're in my way for no good reason. If you have a good reason, that's fine. I'll understand. I've tried to be more patient. I'll be more patient. I've waited years to get into specific places. And right now I have a huge list of things I'm working on. I don't know when I'll be able to get out to these places, but I'm just poking and prodding until I get out there. Like that job with Phyllis and Jordan, that's been on my list for years. Yeah. Years, I was calling those guys right when they started two years ago, uh, and and finally got out there. So, it's just a matter of time for most of these places. You get to the right person. Have there been any like big, massive jobs you've really wanted to go see, and just by the time you could make it happen, they were done? Um, funny enough, not to bring it back to Keywood, but Keywood's doing. I-70 through Denver right now. They're demolishing a huge stretch of elevated highway. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out how to get out there. In fairness, I haven't been trying that hard. It's sure. been, I've been passively trying. Maybe a little bit more than passively, but not really digging in on that one. And it hasn't happened. And it's a three-month three month stretch. They're just about done. Yeah. I missed it. So it's a bummer, but... It's okay. That's how it is too. Just go see the next place. It's it's really hard with with schedules. Or I found a found a job. They pushed it to next year for budget or yeah. COVID or something like that. But it's there. There's the famous stretch of road in Yosemite that overlooks Half Dome mm -hmm. and overlooks the entire valley. They're redoing some of that road. Interesting. And I really really want to go see that project. Oh yeah, because you get one of the most famous views in all of America's national parks. Yeah, there's a reason that's beautiful. <laughs> that's yes, popular. With a big old you know, pavement mill right yeah. there or an asphalt paver or a, a grader. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Love it. Well, well, thanks for talking about that. I appreciate you, Joseph, reaching out. Um, next question is actually from somebody who works at BuildWit. Um. We have another Aaron, everybody, who works at BuildWit. Um, so give you all a little background information. Um, we have an internal podcast that we use to just communicate with our team. Um, in some ways, the format is the same as this Monday episode that we put out. We have our team um, send in questions that just you know are ne not necessarily public, but there's nothing that's like proprietary or really necessarily all that private. No. More just like stuff that applies just to our team. Um, just to help us, you know, communicate better as a team, um, get to know each other a little bit more since we are um, a remote team. Everybody's all over America. So we hired um, 
This guy named Aaron Samaro. Samaro? Samaro. Aaron Samaro. Is he now the CFO? Is that private? CFO. Are we like say that out loud? Yeah. Cool. Which is super exciting. And he's done some work for us in the last couple of months. Um, he's tested us out just as much as we've tested him out to make sure he's a great fit. So really looking forward to what he does for our business. Um, so he sent a question for the internal podcast, but I thought the conversation that it'll certainly spur between us as well as just the information um, that you'll share, I think is even more valuable on this podcast. Sure. So, um, And in fairness, we could probably use most of the questions we answer on the internal podcast on this podcast. For sure. There are very, very few that are like, we don't want people to know that. If anything, I mean, you know, it's, we just don't if operate anything, that way. I, it's more like it just doesn't really apply. Why would you care? The whole proprietary thing, I think is a, it's an older school mentality. Yeah. There's, Proprietary information really isn't a thing anymore because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Everything is you can always get exchanged it. super freely now, and and especially nowadays, if you say some, if you tell someone not to share stuff, they're probably going to share stuff. Even look at the U.S. military; the stuff that accidentally comes out about the U.S. military that shouldn't be out, mm-hmm. like not even the U.S. military has it dialed in. Um. So yeah, I just it's best to trust people, treat people with respect, invest in human capital. The whole proprietary thing. I, I was weird. Not a big believer in. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly not talking about what somebody makes or no. But that, but that's where we draw the line. Yeah. Uh, I was. I just had a conversation with Ben Schwanberg the other day about NDAs. He's like, "Hey, we need to. We're, we're going to be talking to this company, and they said uh, we need to sign their NDA, and they asked us to send send over our NDA so we can we can get talking." I just looked. I'm like, "We don't have an NDA." Yeah. Like, what do we care? <laughs> We, we, we don't. I, sure, I'll respect someone else's NDA yeah. because I, I understand it. It is just a reality of corporate America, especially with these big companies. But at the same time, most of them are completely unenforceable. And it's... And often unnecessary. Unnecessary and, and a false sense of security. Yeah. Uh, and to enforce an NDA... To actually go after somebody for disclosing confidential information, very time consuming, very expensive, very difficult. Yeah. So to like probably prove and like have real evidence. Exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a very 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 difficult venture. Uh, venture. So I, it's easier to just not deal with it. Yeah. Um. All that said, ready for an internal question Please. for the external world. Um, this is from Aaron Samaro from BuildWit. A question I have is regarding the BuildWit mission of building a better dirt world and the aging workforce retiring soon. Now that BuildWit is several years into its life, what progress are we seeing on influencing young adults out of high school to give the dirt world a try as a good career? Man, I've been trying to get better at collecting messages, but and I need to do a better job of sharing the messages, but venture into my DMs on social media you will quickly see. You send me a, a good number of them. I, I send you some. You will quickly see the impact we're making. Yeah. A lot of people saying, I wouldn't be in this industry if it weren't for what I found through you guys. And that is a very, very, very cool feeling. I mean, even today, I got a question from a guy. He said, hey, I, you know, I did a brief stint with a GC and now I'm in the concrete world. I'm 29. Is it too late to get in the dirt world? I, I'm seeing what you guys put out and that's badass. And I think that's more for me than what I'm doing right now. 
dude, hell no, it's not. Get into the dirt world. It's never too late to get into the dirt world. And so that's a that's a guy that's actively thinking about the dirt world that wouldn't have been otherwise if it weren't in part for our work. Yeah. That is really, really cool. That's the impact we have here. So I think there's been a, a huge shift. I think a lot of, even just in the quality of storytelling, I like to think the quality of storytelling in this industry and how much companies are sharing about what goes on within their businesses is far greater today than it was three years ago. Far greater today than it was three years ago. And I think that's certainly something that's going to be really hard for us to fully quantify. Totally. You know what? And I think then that's not exclusive to us. I mean, I think any company that is trying to impact their industry, you you can't really measure the impact that just like opening doors for people or making people more interested in it. Like you, that's just, I mean, money sometimes, but not really. I mean, you know, like you're saying you're getting all these messages, like that's like going to be just a small subset. You know, not everybody would send a message saying like, Hey, thanks for exposing me to this you know new industry or new, the parts of the industry I never had heard of until I you know started following BuildWit or following what you guys are doing. Yeah. That's only that's just a small percentage of that real impact and you can't really quantify the full impact of anything like that. No, and I I you lose sight of it a lot in the busyness of the day-to-day world and money and this and that, but even like like talking about Schwanberg, he found initially Turner Mining Group through the work we were doing with them. Now mm-hmm. he's working for us, which is super cool. Yeah. And we helped facilitate that career progression in his life and it, it wouldn't have happened without the work we were doing. That's really cool. I didn't know that he found them through you in the first place. Yeah. We, again, we were, we were a piece of it. I'm careful to yeah, take too much certain, credit. Certain. I, I, I'm not some like magic bullet or savior for the industry. I, I never will be. Build what never will be. We just want to be part of the solution. But it's super, super, super humbling yeah. to know how much of an impact we have. Or I was at Carter last week and uh, Drew Dickinson over over there, he just said, hey, you know, just what really gets me excited about working with you guys is you know, my guys in the shop, they know you're here and they're excited that you're here. They're really, really, really excited to yeah. have you. And, and it's a big deal for them. And they're at Carter. They're already working there. We didn't do that. But even just to give them a greater sense of pride in what they do, and in a sense of excitement in what they do and to show off what they do to the world and give them the ability to show off that to their spouses and kids and family and friends for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And yeah. the, the impact some of the stuff has is, is so far beyond whatever I thought it could be. We just, something super sad happened with a partner recently. Uh, one of their key people, passed away and we had done some interviews with them before yeah b- before all of this had tragically happened and they asked they said hey could we uh could we have that footage for the family and so we we dug up the footage for the family and gave it to their their family and they were super appreciative to have just those memories captured on video mm-hmm 
they wouldn't have had that if we hadn't done the work we did. Yeah. So the impact is far greater than just getting someone filling a position at a company, at a partner. It's, yeah. it's significant. Or the amount of pictures I have these days, now that YouTube is starting to ramp up, we're only getting started there. It's really exciting what we're going to be doing down the road. But now that YouTube's getting ramped up, you know, they just sit their kid in front of the TV and there's our videos playing mm-hmm. and they love this stuff. I don't know what the impact of a kid watching our videos is going to be, but I, I'll tell you, I can distinctly remember the construction stuff I watched growing up and that played a role in my progression Certainly. in life. And that played a small role in starting build with. So I think it's only beginning. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to be a part of that stuff. You know, I, we do talk about that. The, the mission is to make the dirt world a better place, build a better dirt world. And one of the best ways to do that is to get more eyes on it, make more people fall in love with this, this work that, you know, the people that we work with, obviously like they feel that way about the industry, but the more eyes we put on it, the more people are going to feel that same way. Totally. And it's, it, those are the, it's to, to achieve that is not like single little tasks. It's like, well, if Aaron posts a little bit more on his Instagram, that's how we achieve that. It's like, no, there's all these million different pieces um, and so it's fun to see some of those things like have real like impact and, and affect, you know, the world that we care about. It's, it's very real, mm-hmm. very substantial. I don't even understand it, but it's only going in one direction. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. A lot of impact we still have to make. Um, it's funny. A lot of my friends or family, they'll always tell me, gosh, I just, I see machines everywhere now. <laughs> and it's funny because those machines, they've always been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now because of the work I do, they're drawn into this new world that they've never recognized before that they, and they, and that they depend on every single day of the week. And just giving them that sense of appreciation, understanding for like, you know, my brother saying, I think I saw, man, I think I saw like a, a three, 78 on the side of the road today. 378 is not a thing. But he thought like, it might have been that. Yeah, no, it's probably probably 374. But he's he's fired up about it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with this industry. And yet, there he is thinking about it. Yeah. And acknowledging it. That's a win. My two and a half year old son um, <clears throat> points out excavators constantly when we're driving. And I know for a fact I was not doing that two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And just because of, you know, the more I've gotten involved in, you know, this, this world that I now like have come to really love and just a way I didn't, I wasn't exposed to earlier in life. You know, now it's like when we're, you know, making breakfast or whatever, and he's watching something on the little tablet we have in our kitchen, you know, if there's something that like has, you know, construction equipment in it, I'm more likely to play that for him. And now like he has like a love for that, you know, he's, you know, sees, so somebody was had like little toys at the pool and was like saying, you know, here's a tractor. And he like c- corrects them. He's like, no, that's an excavator. And it's like, that's, that's not like real business impact, but that's impact in somebody's life. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's, so it's really cool just to see the different kinds of impact that we have. And, you know, we're still just trying to figure it out. We're going to fail all the time, but we're always learning from those failures and trying to do better work the next time. We're going to, and we do, but just going to our company too, 
Aaron's new. He didn't make it to the the company meeting. Um, but even just the impact we're making in our people's lives, it's not directly the dirt world, but because of our service to this mission and industry, we're able to create what I like to think is a higher quality of life for everybody within our business. Yep. And so that's over, you know, 40 humans, 50 humans. I don't know how many plus the full part-time right now. That's over 50 humans whose lives are extraordinarily different than they were prior yeah. because of our service to the dirt world and the mission too. And that's not something to understate. Mm-mm. I mean, that's like, that's serious um, life impact, you know? Yeah. I, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll close too with, yeah. I, I just talked to Aaron yesterday Okay, and, and he's, 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 you know, CPA financial background. He he looks at dollars. It, and and financial people they're they're extraordinarily important. They see they see everything on a balance sheet. They see the numbers, which is their responsibility. It's usually. their response exactly. They're that's how they need to think. It's a huge huge piece of it. It's not how I think, which is why he's here. And uh, he said, you know, I, I saw a company kind of do what what we're doing. They grew really fast. They invested in everything, but. They didn't invest how we're investing. They've invested in, in plant and equipment and traditional investments. Um, and it, it ultimately, it didn't, it didn't go well for them. And the company went away. And he just said, you know, I just, I don't want that to be happening to us. So that's why I'm coming at it from, from where I'm at. And I said, you know, that's I, like, we're both on the same page there. I don't want to go down that path no. either, obviously. <laughs> but we, there's a big difference between a company like that, a company like us, they've invested in buildings, equipment, whatever it may be. We've invested in, in humans and human capital. Mm-hmm. Over and over again. Over and over and over and over again. Human capital is, I think, the single best investment you could make. And completely unappreciated because it's not on a balance sheet and you can't assign value to it. You can over time. Sure. In the res- in the you know, in the form of, of revenue and change lives and this and that, but uh, it'll never be recognized on a balance sheet. And on our balance sheet, we don't see any of the investments we've made in human capital, but you get everybody in the same room, it's significant. So um, just to have the opportunity to invest that much into human capital is a super cool opportunity. It is cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's that. I think that's that, man. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our talk podcast. Good, yeah. We appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody sharing. Please keep sharing it. Um, we're trying to. We just we just talked about this on our internal podcast. How how many people have not heard of Buildwit, which is exciting. That's the opportunity we have here. So, if there's ever an opportunity to share the podcast, please please do so. We'd really appreciate that. If you have questions, thoughts, comments. Send it to dirttalk at buildwit.com. Email us. And with that, it's another episode. We'll see you guys next time. And until then, stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.